0: Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome from Staples Studio at Dorval Crossing, my friend.
1: Yes, we're back.
0: We're back again. So uh, you've dropped in on our uh, current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, I Know Best, 100% Return to Work. So, Let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And Greg came in and I was talking about some pretty serious stuff with him. And we ended up talking about his new
1: purchase. Yeah. You know, I bought a power washer from Home Depot. Uh, it was a Ry- Ryobi. Uh, anyways, it's a little teeny little thing. And uh, it was like 100 bucks or 120 something bucks. And um, I was going to have to rent one. And even to rent one, it's like 50 bucks or something. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, for washing the car and stuff like that, or things around the house and, and, uh, oh my goodness, I'm like a little kid in a candy shop. Not only me, my son came out and tried it. My wife, Josette, she came out and looked at the, uh, the results of what I'd created. And it's like, I'm in a, I'm in a special world. I don't spend a lot of money. I'm not somebody who just is always after the latest thing, but after, uh, borrowing one from a friend, my brother in law over the weekend, a gas one that I think I threw up my shoulder trying to start and uh and then my son almost threw his out. We thought, enough's enough. Let's let's go for the purchase. But I was so impressed. Um so that's uh that was my excitement for today. And it's sunny today. It's nineteen degrees Celsius, which is uh what's that? I always say double plus thirty for all your Fahrenheit folks. But um nice. It's nice. And we haven't had this in a long time. So it's like, just sweet. I, uh, after I did a little bit of the spray stuff, I took my computer outside on the back deck and did work. Boy, it was so nice. You have such a great life. I, you know what? I'm blessed. I, I, uh, I certainly am. And I'm grateful for
0: that opportunity. The only time I've seen you more excited in the last little while is when you went golfing in Orlando.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, this was actually a perfect day because – and it fits to the topic because uh, uh, this morning I was in the office and a number of us gathered in the office. Um, however, there were some folks that uh, got exposed to COVID over the weekend and couldn't. So originally it was going to be everybody in together and uh, half in the end uh, ended up being coming in. But it was amazing how we adapted with technology. And, you know, and there was a little bit of fluidity that I really liked. I was saying that one of the things that I thought was really interesting was when people are sick, they, and they now say, I'm sick, I'm not going to, you know, it's no big deal before, you know, if you're sick, you came in anyways and you affected everybody, but now it's only, so it was, it was kind of interesting. So starting the day in person, good energy, a new power washer, and then sunshine on the deck. Life is sweet. Sounds like the best. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so let's uh, let's get to work, shall we? Uh, Greg and I have both been managers for big chunks of our career. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee, then move on to the manager. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think today, Greg, we're going to have a really
1: good discussion. Yeah, I think this is a hot topic and uh, unbelievable what's happening out there.
0: So, um, I know best, 100% return to work. You just received an email from the president that the company is declaring that all employees return to the office full-time on June 1st. The president does not live where the office is and plans to continue semi-remotely. They did a survey which seems no one really listened to. The organization's top three values are, we are people first, we are innovative, and we are collaborative. Productivity and profits have increased during the pandemic within the remote working scenario. Much of your work can be done remotely with weekly team huddles supported through Zoom. Your team has finally found their rhythm, including initiating monthly in-person check-ins. Your personal expenses have significantly reduced working remote due to no transit, buying lunches, etc. Your life has finally gotten a rhythm with child care pickup, community events, and a return to the gym. So, Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment?
1: Well, I can tell you this is where the storm starts. Uh boy, oh boy, this is actually a true story. I have now read two scenarios when this has occurred where uh, the president or the general manager, who does not live in the same city as the main, declares that this is what – they have a belief that in person is really important, although they don't live it themselves. Um, I have heard others where they do have a belief that's in person and they do show up in person. But even in those scenarios, this is creating – massive spin and anger. It is just, I I cannot believe the number of stories that I have heard and the number of colleagues that I've talked to that are just trying to manage this storm. Anything that we thought would have happened, even two days a week coming back, people are stirring uh, and I think it's a little bit we'll talk about it. I think it's a little bit people just have gotten into this rhythm and uh, even in, there's some studies that are saying the rhythm at home completely remote is not great for you but uh, declaration man, oh man and I you know we've seen this before where you get someone who's so far up that they can't relate to what's actually happening in life. and I hate to say it, but often they're Older white men that don't have any connection to their uh, the, the reality of life, um, and they lose sight. Um, now, I will echo, put on the other side, that I do know folks across all ages and that that have this attitude and many across all ages that don't. So it definitely isn't that. But boy, oh, boy, sometimes it just seems that you know what the poster person looks like.
0: Well, I think we have to, have to acknowledge that there are jobs where they've been going to work the whole time uh, the pandemic has been going on and their jobs are just such that they can't use the option of remote work. But on the, the topic of remote working, I was, uh, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, probably not for a couple of months, but I was totally against it. I never have it, had a job, Greg, where I could work remotely efficiently and uh, certainly not as a police officer. I mean, as a no starter, but Um, when it happened, pandemic happened and I I had been sent home just before I, uh, retired, I have gotten involved in this. I really like it. I'm still trying to find a balance in a couple of things in my life, but I like not having to commute three hours a day. I, uh, you know, the cost of going on the go train, uh, you know, eating out for lunch and coffees and teas and stuff like that. And. I never thought I, it would take for me, but it really has. And I've really appreciated the people I've been working for on contracts and stuff like that, that I get the opportunity to work from home and, and cut down on all those other things that really, you don't realize how they impacted your life. I mean, you, talk, you know, we talked about it here and, you know, personal expenses going down and I find I'm way more productive in what I'm kind of doing now at home than I would be in some office someplace. Yeah, no, I agree
1: 100%. And, you know, in this example, we've thrown in everything. So, uh, and probably all of these things don't necessarily fit. But I have heard situations where, you know, you ask for input and then and then you declare. You know, like it just seems like you're not in touch with reality. But I, I would agree. There's lots of folks that I know similar to you that that were really against um, or could not actually see the value or the ability to work from home and they've, we've adapted and like anything else, I mean, we're humans, we can adapt to new situations. And I think lots of folks have adapted. Yeah. And I, I just
0: think it's a new chapter. We've learned to do so many things in a remote way and we've gone over all the hurdles, we've, you know, gotten rid of them we've learned to be more connective on zoom or whatever product you use and. I just, I just really think that we've learned so much, and for somebody to drop the hammer and say, "Hey, we're all going back to work," I don't know that that, that you know, I don't, I'm not even one of those people, and that doesn't, you know, kind of rubs me the
1: wrong way. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And to your point, there are jobs that are required to be in person. When I was at uh, Porter Airlines, I mean, our customer service folks, the ramp folks, anyone that uh, was responsible for the day-to-day shepherding of passengers onto planes and uh, you know, are the obviously the pilots and those kinds of things. They would uh, need to be in person, uh, and a lot of people. It was important for them to be close and understood the customers, but they may be in roles that they're not required to be there day day to day. Yeah, cool. So uh, let's get down to some common sense here. What are some
0: things that uh, to support the return to the office? If you're going to ask for feedback, don't ignore it or not explain why you have taken a different pathway. I think that it's that
1: context thing again, right? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, you know, it's okay to say no. Uh, and it's really important to set up these things well. I'm uh, involved in a not to do a return-to-work, but some feedback sessions right now, and there was some real worry that if you ask the questions and then you don't do something, people say, see, they never listened. So sometimes it's important to set up to say, you know, this will – provide, this is an input session, it, it, we want your input, not everything may be applied, but it will influence our thinking. And then if there is a shift, if it's completely different from what the, the folks are thinking, the feedback is coming, then explain it. Say, well, here's what we heard, and although we heard this, here's what we're thinking of doing, and here's why we're thinking to it. You're right, it's that context. So, so important and so often forgotten. Even if people
0: disagree with you at the end of the day, if they've listened to you and they've addressed it and they've made a decision and they've explained the decision, you might be unhappy. But there's no doubt that somebody listened
1: to you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Filter all decisions through your values. The quickest way to accelerate employee exit is through the disconnection from what we state and what we do.
1: Oh, I love this one. So, you know, in the example we had, you know, innovation. Flexibility is another one. Employees first, and then you and then you really don't model the behaviors. You know, if there are new values the organization wants to espouse to go forward, that's one thing. But if you're declaring something and then your decisions um, go opposite of those values, you better make sure to explain why you had to make that decision, or you better think about getting some new values. I have seen this so often. Where people talk, 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 put the, bol- put the posters up on the wall and, and then when push comes to shove, when it comes to the tough decisions, they, they don't live their values and that is the clearest way. There are so much information these days around retention of talent and it is around belonging and alignment to the values and when you don't align, then you're in big trouble. And I think we did a podcast probably about a year
0: ago. I think it was called "Hollowed words mm. where we talk about, you know, what you put up on the posters and what you actually do.
1: Boy, oh boy. And there are a lot of mismatches right now. Um, and, and that's okay if something's changed, but then spend the time and have a dialogue around what is important, in the organization and or why, and why is it changed? And
0: in our complex workplaces, one way is never sustainable.
1: Well, you've said it. You know, uh, there are some roles that people get. I mean, if you are a customer service agent at an airline, you got to be in person. There's just no uh, no way you can get around that. If you are in a finance role that is a uh, accounts payable clerk that just gets everything in and and transfers in a computer out, then it's harder to explain. Uh, it so it the one shoe does not fit all. And, uh, again, what's key is having a consistent framework as to how you're making those decisions. Role based is a beauty. I found that to be helpful throughout my career. If you can explain it to the role, and that might be it might be the actual duties or it might be who I connect with and how I connect with them. But having a simple framework is almost like that. Um, uh, listening part that we just talked about. If I look at it and say, you know what, they've been thoughtful around the questions, around how they're making the decisions, I might not like it, but I understand what they're, they've done and they're more likely to accept it and understand it.
0: And if you have already declared and are facing a firestorm, acknowledge the feedback, pause your decision, and assemble a safe, brave team to help you map the pathway forward.
1: You know, um, Oh, uh, Blanchard, the guy who did the the one-minute manager years ago, he had a second or third book, which was all about recovery. And I wish I could remember the title. We'll try to find it for the show notes. But it was a powerful research study and book. And basically what it was is when you make mistakes, you actually accelerate trust when you acknowledge it now, this is more customer-oriented, but it also works internally when you acknowledge it and say, hey, you know what? This is what we thought. We were wrong, uh, and we want to get this right, and, and we want to move forward. We want to bring voices around the table, and that's safe, those safe, brave voices, that team, bring in some people that might have a different perspective, um, some loud voices aligned to some uh, ways of working and behaviors. Uh, but it's, boy, if you can get someone who is maybe a bit crunchy and a bit loud, but you can get them as a part of that conversation to bring their best thinking forward, man, you can turn it around. I've seen so many recovery efforts in this case when you say, wow, boy, were we wrong. Uh, and here's what we want to do, but then you better do it. Exactly. Understand and
0: articulate your guiding principles and clear success measures, the why, the perceived impact of the
1: why, and how you will measure the impact. Yeah, you know, the last one is the one thing that often we don't do. Um, organizations are getting really better at at, at saying the why, um, and they're even getting better at the impact of the why. So here's why we're doing it and why, and connect it to how that – relates to the success of the organization, the sustainability of growth, whatever that is, help them connect it to the broader perspective. But what we often fail at, and I, I would say that, that maybe I've failed at this in the past, is actually building in simple measures where people you can point back to to say, you know, we said we we're gonna do this, and here's why we said we we're gonna do it, here's the measurements that said we were on the right track, and look, it's, it's working. Or, if it isn't working, say, hmm, Gee, it's not working. What do we need to do? And those measures might be retention. Those measures might be customer service. Whatever those are, connect it to something real. I really like that. Uh,
0: Myself and another person were part of a change management process. And we had a consultant. And one of the best things that consultant did was was hook us up with uh, just a chart. And uh, the chart – uh, kind of laid out everything and told us our success measures and we could capture it. it we kind of, you know, everything that we proposed doing and we we had all sorts of updates and check-ins and we put it all on one chart because I think one of the thing that, things that happens when we start dealing with a problem is we put the the solution into effect and then we kind of forget about it. And so what I found, you know, going through a change management thing was looking at this chart and seeing, okay, we're doing really well, we're struggling here we have no idea what what to do here and just kind of framing it up it was probably one of the best thing that that this person
1: supplied us in what we were going to do yeah and i think those things are important so if your idea of return to work is it will enhance innovation it will enhance connectivity between teams and whatever your back to work plan is many organizations are are shifting uh, their purposes, of uh, their gathering. So they're saying, you know, you're going to gather uh, one or two days a week, but those aren't to do your job per se where you could sit at a computer because you could do that at home. These are the connecting moments. These are when we're going to check in against our objectives or we're going to push out on creativity and ideas. But then how do we measure – that that's going to work. Is it the number of new initiatives that are identified? Is it the, is the, the, a survey to identify connectivity between functions? What are the measures? And let's measure that and, and figure out what it is. But I agree 100%. Those measures, those KPIs, is, are the most important thing.
0: And you got to keep track of them. You just can't talk about them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Pilot the principles, measure impact and success, tweak where necessary if you're not paying attention, there's a problem then you're not going to be able
1: to fix it well this is this um this looseness that i've always loved first of all i love piloting things because piloting things allows you to adjust and again in in the idea of returning to the office or something like that say based upon the feedback and based upon our principles our values whatever that is here's what we're going to do here's how we're going to measure it and then tweak it. So have those regular reviews and said, you know what? Most of it's working, but let's just tweak this a little bit. And again, that sends the message that you're listening, that you're adapting, that we're learning together. And, and you know, that it comes back to that belonging again. If your input is a part of it and you're moving together, that's powerful.
0: Trust your team members in leveraging the principles to building practical plans to support their personal
1: their teams and the organizational goals. Yeah, I love this one because, you know, it's about providing guiding principles for people to live by and then say, you figure it out. So I, we may have talked to this on a past couple of podcasts where I know a couple of firms that they've laid out really strong principles of why we're gathering, how often we should gather, what the results would be, and that type of thing. And then they've said to the teams, Create your path. So not every team is the same. Again, depending upon your point earlier about different roles and that type of thing, but giving people the freedom to create—I mean, trusting that people are adults and uh, can figure out those solutions—is—is is quite amazing, you know. And usually, it's about success for your own role, success on the team that you're a part of, success on the intercollaborative. Spaces where you have hooks with other teams and then alignment to the to the organization goals. Figure that out and and it's amazing and then share those ideas. So as different teams are bubbling up, have a gathering spot that's saying, what are we learning? So again, that tweaking aspect is awesome if you allow teams to move forward as long as we're aligned to the shared principles and goals. now it can get tricky because they can go, well well look at Bobby's team over there—they get to do that. But again, if the principals, then you can go back and say, "Okay, let's go find out what they did, and will that work for the kind of work that we do?" Having those conversations are open, authentic, and often, if if it is a role that's a little bit different, you're going to be able to have that conversation. That people are going to say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That that won't work for us because of this, this, and this." Wow, that's a great endpoint to come up with versus. Where it started, Bobby's team has this and we don't. You said something uh, about three minutes ago and it was treating
0: people like adults. So I think I'm not going to say a lot about it because I have, I now have in my head another episode, but I got to say, you got to treat people
1: like friggin' adults until you don't. I don't know where we lost that understanding. Because you know, you know, what's the saying? Treat people like you want to be treated. Well, we all want to be treated with respect, and we we all have brains. So, how do we leverage the most, uh, the best of me? Well, that's treating someone as if they have something to contribute. Because um, you know what? We always, and you, we've probably talked about this on other podcasts, is that often we we treat everyone to the lowest denominator. Uh, so whoever uh, it does, is not choosing to be an adult, we treat everybody that way, which is so silly. If, you know, set the bar, set the expectations, set the principles, and then if people don't follow those principles, first seek to understand because they might have some good ideas. But if it's just a matter of will and no real, uh, you know, good new idea, then manage them. There's going to be an
0: episode, Greg. I think that should be. Check in and communicate regularly.
1: I, I think it goes without saying, but I think we actually have to say it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, I agree 100%. And we often, you know, assume and you know what assume does. So uh, just just check. It doesn't have to be complicated. You know, often you know, there's that we we suggest and recommend even in performance management and coaching and that to check in on a regular basis. And People say, I just don't have the time. Uh, But, you know, the time – what we're talking about is a short conversation to say, hey, you know, we did this. So what's working? What's not working? What what new ideas have you discovered that might be applicable within the team or across the organization? Three questions. Nice questions. And uh, it says that you're still listening and you're still doing that tweaking.
0: Share success stories as well as shifts taken as you're learning. Uh, I think – it's great to get stats, but people like stories. And uh, I like to tell a few stories, Greg, but uh, I think stories have the impact. They really uh, help people understand what's going on. If you send me a bunch of um, stats, that's fine, but I want to hear the stories. Yeah. To me, I learn better through the stories. I understand better through stories. And I think that's something that we sometimes miss as managers or leaders is we go through it. Oh, good job! Here, here's the stats. No, no, no. And I've had that like throughout my careers, right? Well, no, it's some of the stories about what happened. That's where we learn from. It's kind of hard to learn from a stat. It might confirm something, but it's that richness of the story, and and you can actually put yourself into the story and relate to it.
1: It's such a great learning tool. Yeah, and in particular with this return to office space, we've forgotten. You know, we are uh, two years. Working out of the house, and you forgot the good stuff about gathering. You forgot the the things that really bring joy. And there's, I think we've talked about it. there are tons of studies around uh, the negative impact of working at home on people not having those social connections and going forward. I've got two. Folks, uh, two or three folks actually that are doing uh, just such an awesome job. At this the the one, the one uh, they've been very strategic since they r- returned to office, and their return to office is two days a week. Uh, but they have food trucks, they have um, uh, all kinds of events that are happening. They've been very specific. On what happens when you gather, and you know what you don't need to do. So it's actually very focused and planful, purposeful of their gathering. The other person um, has a a, a a rooftop patio on there. They're a tech company, and. I swear, every other day, there's another team that's out there barbecuing, having fun. And you know what? It's like motivation. I look at that and say, oh, yeah, I remember when we used to do that. That was that was so hilarious and so much fun. I'm sorry I missed that the next time I'm going to go in. So you got to create that uh, that uh, desire. That's cool. That's cool. As employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist this. Take a breath. We are all trying to figure this thing out. There is so much stress these days. I heard uh, um, a story the other day of uh, someone asking for uh, whether or not the organization was going to be paying for mileage to come into the office. Um, and, you know, like, uh, well, first of all, most, most, uh, um, taxable benefit in most scenarios, but just that idea of paying. Now, you know, part of it you understand, right? The cost of gas has just gone horrendous and and those types of things. But it's just like uh, the kinds of questions that people are asking are, are uh, really surprising. And um, part of it you can understand because, again, we've lived in this bubble for so long. And if you're a new um, person into a work environment, this is all you know. If you've only been working for two years, this is all you know. So, you know, it is outrageous asking me to come back into the office. And even those like yourself who would have said no way to working at home, you've got a different opinion now. And it's like prove to me the value of me coming back. So but in all situations, most people are just really trying to figure this out. So take a breath. Be curious. Don't jump to conclusions. Well,
0: you know, your comment about, you know, there's people working at companies that have never actually been in the company's buildings. There's actually people in the workforce right now that never worked for anybody else before. They've mm-hmm. come out of school and, you know, maybe they started as an intern two years ago and now they've been brought in as an FTE. But, you know, this is a really bizarre time, right? Because there's people that are working remotely that have never worked before.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and you can see where some of these questions come up, right? Because they have nothing to compare it to. They don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And again, it's just comes keeps coming back to that context and the why, explaining why and what's important, and you know, almost having a conversation with you know, hey, we want you to come and try it. Come and experience it, you know, and then let's talk about it. Because often when they come and experience it, oh, this is what it could be. It's kind of, it can be kind of cool. Well, the company I work with just sent a load of. Uh, uh,
0: Uh, stuff home, like t-shirts and sweaters and stuff to everybody. And they're like, I've never seen such an excited group of people by all these things that came in. All this swag is everywhere. And it's like, my wife used to sell swag. It's really good stuff. Nice. And I've never seen so many excited people, t-shirts, all this stuff. It's pretty friggin' awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Assume positive intent and seek to understand before leaping to conclusions and or another company. And Greg, this is one of these things, it, it 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 frustrates me sometimes. People immediately go to the negative and this is all bad. They're trying to screw us over. And I really like this comment about um, assuming a positive
1: intent until there isn't. Well, we've done a lot of things on our podcast about above and below the line. And above the line is is you know, how do you assume positive intent? Be curious. Understand what's going on. Because when you do that, you not only will you contribute to a better place, um, boy, you show up much better too by asking questions with regards to it. Now, you might still not get the answer you want, and then definitely um, think about other opportunities. However, I would say that all organizations are figuring their way out, and I don't know any organization who has got this right. I mean, I just saw Airbnb. They've added some really new clarifications around return to work. and But, you know, most people are coming out now with some clear frameworks, lots of flexibility, but still clear frameworks and also the context around them. Because I think we started with no one knowing anything. Then we had the swing, like the, the example that we have, 100% back, you come back, and then everybody backed off that. But now people are recognizing they need a little bit of a frame and then a lot of flexibility within that frame uh, for those roles that can do it.
0: The next one, uh, you've said in a whole bunch of podcasts, uh, there's a specific term, uh, volunteer. Mm -hmm. Assume the role of a volunteer versus a victim. Offer to be part of the solution or at least the discussion.
1: Yeah. You know what? There's tons of data out there. So if you're not seeing something in your organization, um, and you've, if you read something or your friends have something, you know, put it through the filter of are our jobs the same and those kinds of things. But bring the ideas forward because, boy, people are just trying to figure out the right solutions. And if there's a better solution out there that you can help nurture it along, go for it.
0: And kind of the next step to that is gather facts to support your ideas. Productivity, values alignment, engagement, retention data. Um, you know, if you're going to have
1: an opinion, have an informed opinion. Right. No, it's, yeah, we've talked about that. Bring facts because people will listen more of saying, you know, I'm thinking about this and when I think about our values and when I think about our success measures are going forward and I think about this, here's an idea that's bubbling up for me um, that I think would be really great from a retention perspective and that type of thing as I know that's important to the organization. Help them see it because sometimes managers are just so clouded with so much going on, they can't see it. So if you help them connect the dots... It could be great. Bring facts, not
0: speculation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Investigate and share what others are doing uh, that your company might consider.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Be flexible and open. The final decision may not meet all of your needs.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one, right? Um, and then to decide, you know, what is most important to you, because the likelihood of you getting everything you want. It's probably pretty small because there are, uh, if there's a hundred people in an organization, there are a hundred different needs. There are a hundred different actual experiences that each person is dealing with, that one thing is more important than the others. So, you know, just think about what are the most important things you need and why, and recognize that you're not going to get everything.
0: And if the organization is not willing to shift and you decide that you're going to leave, respectfully provide your feedback as to the impact When you do leave, give that feedback in uh, the
1: exit interview. Yeah, I always encourage people to do that because often people just leave and they don't give that. But that's not helping anybody else that's there. And, you know, be respectful and say, you know what, this is really I I ended up making my decision because of this and this and this. Um, And, you know, whatever that was, I just want to give you that feedback going forward. They might not do anything about it. But they might. And it kind of lifts the things for everybody if you do that. So so often people just say, forget it. I don't really care, but care. And I I like that part. Like when you leave, be respectful,
0: be honest, but do it for the right reasons. Say, listen, the reason I'm leaving, I don't want to come into work five days a week. I -hmm. can work somewhere else and just come in when I need to and get my work done and be productive And, you know, I know when to reach out and be collaborative with other people. I know when I need other ideas, you know, I'm that person, I'm good. I'm a good employee, but making me come in here five days a week, you know, really does nothing for me Mm -hmm. and and doesn't really enhance my job. Matter of fact, it probably stops me from being as productive as possible. So I'm sorry that I'm leaving, but, uh, you know, I found a place that kind of fits my lifestyle and, and my professional goals a little better. And I wish you guys all the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree wrap up, Greg, this was, uh, another one of the episodes that Greg wrote. Um, it was pretty obvious to me. I'm pretty, pretty sure it was obvious to our listeners as well, cause it had a bunch of his lingo in it and twice as many words as I put in a outline. But, um, final thoughts, Greg.
1: Well, this is a complex world that we live in. There are multiple generations. Um, there are multiple life experiences and the multiple life experiences have always been there, but it's just more complex, um, there is a heightened uh, view of of uh, what I should get. Uh, there's a shortage of talent, so there's uh, less supply, so people can ask for a lot more. Uh, so this idea of uh, my way or no way, uh, if you can't back it up with really clear data and facts that that and context that provide, you're in big caca. Uh, so, so really, the whole uh, concept for me is is uh, um, be clear with what you want to do. Explain the why, the context behind it, and then hold it lightly, test it, try it, pilot it, flex it, move it forward, and involve folks in the journey. You might have to make the call on a few things, uh, and uh, but the fewer those things are. Uh, and the clearer they are to the why is going to really help you be successful and keep your people, and also attract people to the right area. But this no longer I know best. You know what was that show back in the fifties? Fathers knows best. Well, you know we knew back then that that wasn't necessarily the truth. Mother often knew knew the best. So uh, as well, or uh, this is the same thing. You know what? He, um, and and uh, and you know we've said this before. Inquire, get feedback. Um, set it up in the right way, but uh, engage your team in figuring out the solution. It's going to be complicated.
0: Well, I think this this episode uh, zeroes in on a couple things, that, uh, falsehoods. Number one, that you can't manage somebody unless they're in the office and you can see them and that it's important that there's butts and seats. And I think we've shown over the last two years that uh, working remotely does work for those jobs that it works for and that people – uh, actually uh, were very appreciative that they had that ability and they could gain control of more of their life, of more of their time. So I, I think this this episode, you know, nails those two very, very solidly. And there are, unfortunately, there are jobs where you have to go into the work. It's just that type of work, right? But I think, um, you know, if you're of the generation, maybe my generation, where, you know, this is not natural for you, you've never experienced it before, Maybe you need to take a look at uh, how it affects you, your job. Can you do most of it from home? Do you really like driving for an hour and a half through the greater Toronto area's expressways to get to work and pay $45 for parking? Like, do you want that? I don't know, but I I think this is a situation where I think the people making the decisions need to think about not only their employees and what their employees are talking about their needs are, but what are your needs? Do you really want to drive downtown? Do you really want to take the GO train and subway and whatever else you have to do? I don't know. Maybe you like doing that. Maybe you go to a co-working environment closer to your house. Uh, We're sitting in the middle of one, right? I mean, we're in Staples Studio and Dorval Crossing. So I just think, you know, those people that are making the decisions, maybe they should turn their, their kind of gaze inwards
1: and like, would they benefit from this? Yeah. You know, the other thing that's jumping into my mind is that if you are a leader, and you feel really strongly. You know, if your energy is, no, this is the way it is, that's a sign that you should surround yourself with really good inner circle to say, to, to be that sounding board. Um, and these are people that are gonna push back on you, uh, that are gonna really question, but are gonna also come with an open mind. And, um, you know, this is a stressful time, and sometimes people, Knee jerk, um, and so we'd always encourage from a manager perspective, a leader perspective. If you feel super strong about something, like really strong about something, get an inner circle because you're probably too far uh, along the way, or at least have that sounding board because you might be right. Uh, but if you have that circle that can come around you to say, "Well, really, let me and to challenge you back on it." That'll be so much richer. And you can even share that, you know, like I was pretty strong about this, but I brought folks around to challenge me on it. And we ended up back here. That's even going to be richer because it's going to say, well, you know what? This isn't somebody who's just off doing their own thing. They're challenging it back. So uh, yeah, really dig deep when you, especially when you're feeling emotional about something. Um, it's probably, you might be going overboard. And there's two words that are kind of flashing when, as you were talking,
0: power and influence. mm mm-hmm you know, is it powerful that you're making everybody come in, that you see them every day that you can exert your, you know, like, or is it influence you want with people? Because if people are happy with what they're doing and they're working hard for you and you have good communication, that that's influence. Mm. And you can get to whatever the goals are, whatever you sell, make, or talk about, or whatever it is that you do, it's that influence. And just because people are at home doesn't mean you have don't have influence over them and they, they don't appreciate you and appreciate the guidance and and the job that they have. I just think sometimes we really need to look inside ourselves and like, what is motivating you that 100% of the people have to come into the office?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I agree. Like a year ago, we couldn't do enough for people. We were giving people checks to, to buy things that they needed at home and sending stuff home for them. Every company did this. And now you want them all to come to work and you're not really giving them a good reason.
1: Yeah. And often there is a good re There is a reason deep. But before, why don't you just ask, saying, you know what? I feel so passionate about it. And here's why I really think it's important. And I want to I bring in a group that just helps me think through this. Um, you might end up with something close to what he thought, uh, he or she thought as the leader, but, um, you know, like uh, engage. And maybe get a
0: consultant to talk to about this. Maybe it's somebody on the outside that. We'll say what needs to get, get said, right? And I don't know where anybody could find a consultant. There there's, never seems to be enough of them around. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking across the table from one. I think he's had a lot of these conversations. And uh, I don't think they've
1: always been easy conversations. Is that correct? No, I agree. And this is where, as you know, I'm a consultant, but I also am an executive coach with a number of folks. And this is where that executive coach can be. If you don't have an inner circle in the organization, and sometimes CEOs don't have someone to talk to. Uh, And they they lose sight of of what it is. And having a trusted coach that can confidentially have the tough conversation with you, just say, wow, you know, Alistair, you seem very passionate about this. You know, what's behind that? And what do you think are the outcomes of it? What are the risks of doing it? Even asking those questions can be so powerful on helping you kind of come off that ledge and think, okay, there might be three or four different ways of getting to exactly what I'm trying to get to.
0: And I've always appreciated that. Of you, Greg's been my my coach twice. And what I appreciate about uh, the conversations we had, Greg, was you weren't always telling me what to do. Sometimes it was those just great questions mm-hmm. wh- which I had to answer, mm-hmm. and you made me answer them out loud. But 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 those types of things are are just they're so important to have some kind of influence out there. So mm-hmm. and and that Greg and I were talking before uh, we turned on the the mics, and uh, we're we're going to talk about being adults but we're also going to talk about consultants. And so, uh, we're going to have an, I'm going to write that episode and it's, I think it's going to be a really good one because I'm going to be talking to a consultant while, I'm, while we're doing it. So that should be interesting. But, uh, no, I, I think sometimes, uh, somebody need, you know, there might be somebody just needs somebody to talk to that isn't going to, you know, blow smoke is going to ask those really critical questions and try to get, get to the bottom of why do you believe that there needs to be 100% of the people sitting in a chair? Yeah, exactly. So, um. Listen, we hope that some of what we spoke of you find helpful. We hope that uh, you didn't find anything we said uh, offensive or made you angry. But, Greg, uh, your philosophy lends well in this episode as well.
1: Yeah, at the end of each episode, we talk about something that I learned early on in a coaching, my first coaching uh, with a coach, and that is that she described that uh, the best sessions are ones that you leave with a, with a little bit of joy And a little bit of peeve or crunchiness, you know, that you're not feeling so good. And so the joy is when you discover and recognize traction that you're making, things that you're moving in the right direction. But that churn, that peeve is when they say something to you that really usually is something that you got to develop or something that you've done not so well. Uh, But in both situations are so powerful because it's what you do with them, what you learn. And I suspect in this one, there are probably leaders that are fed up and say, you know, I'm just done. You're coming back into work and that don't like this conversation. And there are some uh, team members that are just so fed up with the back and forth all over the place that's going on. But be curious. Uh, Be open Uh, Create a space that you can find a pathway for. This is not easy for anybody. We're all trying to figure this out. So be open. And if you're churning or if you're joyful because what your organization has done, just leverage that to bring solutions to the table and help the organization move forward. And one thing,
0: uh, I was thinking about this uh, during a break this afternoon and I forgot to say it. So I'm just going to say it now. By forcing everybody to come into the office, you are really taking a bite out of the pool out there because there's people that have made decisions in their lives to live in other places. And if they're the person for the job and they can do it remotely and they live in Nova Scotia or you know, they're up in wherever, if you're making everybody come into the office, you are limiting A bunch of really good people that could come to your organization and just do a great job. Remember, in these last two years, people have spread out and they've made huge changes in where they live and how they live. And if you all of a sudden get really rigid with this thing, there's probably a pool of people that you're not going to be able to touch.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, the people are finding really creative and bold solutions in this thing. Where they have you know people that are in early because they're in the East Coast and those that are in late because they're on the West Coast in North America context, uh, but wherever you are, if it's across the country off off across of time zones, where and even globally where. Things get moving and there are so many tools and technology that allows communication and going forward. If you have crossover times, there's some brilliant things that are happening right now and you're tapping into a diverse, more diverse workforce that's bringing creative ideas forward. Be open to that because um, uh, I think there's some bold new ways of working.
0: I'm glad I remembered that because you were talking like, oh my goodness, I forgot. I had this great point. I didn't write it down. Mm. That's awesome. Uh, Greg, Uh, I got to use Greg's fountain pen and it's the weirdest fountain pen I've ever seen because it's all plastic and uh, it writes really nice. It writes so nice. Like I can almost read my own handwriting. That's how good it is. Wow. That is very good. So um, shout out. Sure. Tampa, Florida.
1: Tampa, Florida. Well, for uh, – you know, there's uh, – the Leaf fans in Toronto uh, might not like that – Tampa is there, but it's a it's a good series, um, you know, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, so, but we we like Tampa. Um, I remember going to a Shula's Steakhouse in Tampa, Florida, years and years ago, and it was fantastic when I ate a lot more steak than I do now, but uh, yeah, Tampa's a great place. Welcome, Tampa. I like steak too, Greg.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, Ajax,
0: Ontario. Ajax is just outside of Toronto, just east of us. And is one of those growing suburban areas. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, somebody in Ajax grabbed a whole bunch of episodes and has been listening to them. So, uh, to all the people in Tampa and Ajax, welcome to the club. Welcome. Uh, I think it's time to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great.
0: Before we think about something else. That's say. right. Okay. Uh, remember, people, take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time.
1: Take care.